fun. We got anything fun here we can throw out? That Boy Scout story is not fun. No, no, it's uh, terrible. It's all everybody loses in that story. It's sad. You guys keep ignoring my Guinness World Record sound for some okay. reason. It's only 25 seconds long. Should we tell people what it is or play it first? Play it first, clearly. Try to guess. Three, two, one, go. World's worst tap dancer. Sounds like a firing range. As a guy who shoots guns. Yes, it does. 2369! Somebody, somebody set a record for marksmanship at a firing range. Believe in yourself. Pursue with a passion. You can accomplish anything. Wow, believe in yourself. Pursue it with a passion. You can accomplish anything. What was that gent doing, Sean? That was the world record for the fastest time to pop 100 balloons using only your feet. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Not to be confused with the world record of popping 200 balloons with a nail. Ready, set, go! Yeah, clearly two. Compl- oh, this guy gets inspirational at the end too. That felt good. That's been many months in the making, right there. Chimney. <laughs> so those are two completely different records. If my kids are working on this at home, do I admire the fact that they're striving to be their best at something? And I say, you're wasting your freaking time. Uh, learn a skill. That's stupid, son. <laughs> uh, learn, I, learn, uh, learn to do something worthwhile. Well, step on your children's dreams with great caution, Jack. That's a dumb dream. Though. That's a that'd dumb be a dumb dream right there. Yeah, yeah. I want to pop as many balloons with my feet as possible, Dad. Oh, that's going to take a lot of work, a lot of practice, I want to be the best there's ever been. Wow. Wouldn't they? What the, the, how inflated are they? A uh, very, very inflated. Okay, that makes them easier to pop, but that makes it. I mean, if you if you miss one or accidentally kick it as you're raising your foot, then it goes flying, and then you have to track it or down. Or you have toenails like Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> no, it appeared to be flat-footed stepping on them, but the the balloons seem to be uh, taped to oh, the ground. Wait so a they're, minute, they're just lined up, and he's just kind of stepping on them. As I he assume they were free-ranged balloons. No, you couldn't get that sort of time with free-range balloons, Joe. Right. Don't be ridiculous. So, speaking of my kids, I had a conversation with my kids last night that might have been too early, um, as that uh, maybe the, the economics of it was too complex. Was but it was, about the debt? Well, it kind of was actually, um, and uh, I've talked about it on the radio before, and I always get just blasted in emails and texts, just blasted. Oh, good by people, and to me, it is the most it should be the most easy to understand core of understanding the way government works and what it's all about, but, well, here here it goes. So, came across a story about a city. I will not mention which one, uh, because I have uh, actually friends who are firefighters in that city, but it, that, that really is not here nor there, but this is true in many places across the country. Let me try to guess. Evansville, Indiana. It's probably true in Evansville, Indiana. It's true a lot of places where the firefighters are overpaid. Orlando, Florida. Now, you're not supposed to ever say... Waco, Texas. It's good to take a while. It could be true all these places. You're not supposed to ever say firefighters are overpaid. No, because they're heroes. They're heroes. I'll get get negative emails and texts for saying that. Yeah. But it was another city where the firefighters are clearly overpaid. This is true all over the country. And what is the response going to be? The first response is going to be, well, you wouldn't run into a burning building. Do you think you could do it? 
which uh, I shouldn't use that dumb person voice. I'm just going to assume you haven't thought this through and you're not a moron. If after I explain it, you still don't understand it, then you are a moron. Or you're an advocate and you're just denying the truth of it for, you know, self-serving reasons. This is how every government job should work. Every single one of them, including firefighters. You figure out what the requirements of the job is. Mm-hmm. You post the job. You wait and you come up with a salary. And uh, you see if you get any applicants. If you get a 1,000 applicants for one job, then your salary is probably higher than it needs to be to get qualified people to do that job. And to save you the trouble of writing your angry emails, we're talking about fully qualified. Whatever standard you decide is necessary or wise, people who fulfill that standard. Right. Oh, so you guys want a bunch of junky cops who will work for nothing? No, 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 no. No, perhaps. We decide as a society. That's what government is. Society deciding what we want. Right. If you want to decide they need to be Rhodes Scholars and and Olympic champions, that's fine. (laughs) Decide that in your town and pay pay what it would cost to get those people. But once you decide the standard, then it's a simple question of, is the salary high enough to draw an adequate number of qualified applicants. But in almost every town and city I'm aware of, they have way more qualified applicants to be firefighters than they can take. Oh, yeah. And in, it's way beyond that in most cities. Like in New York City, there's a reason why your uncle and your dad were a firefighter. you got to know somebody. It's a, it's, a, um, uh, it's a nepotism thing. Everybody wants to be a firefighter because it pays so freaking much. Mm-hmm. It's also a cool job, but... So City X is paying way too much for their firefighters, and then you can't afford it. And you end up in all these situations that so many cities and states across the country are in where they're paying more for the retirees than they are for their current people. Right. And you just can't afford to sustain it. Yeah. We're paying too much for firefighters should be a, a like a slogan <laughs> that we all go forward with and apply to all government jobs. Only pay however much you need to get enough qualified applicants, period. Yeah, well, good luck with that. The unions come out with these beautiful and persuasive ad campaigns about what heroes, cops, and firefighters are, which is true to a large extent. Um, and and people think, you know, that's true. Yeah, I want to be fair to those people because they'll save my my hiney if I ever need it. But you know, that's missing out on the economics of it. Listen, there's a reason that cops who are 95% conservative vote overwhelmingly Democrat. <laughs> Because the unions have stuck a deal with the, the politicians uh, for, for a good deal. I wish we could do this with all government jobs. Oh, it ought to be incredibly transparent, and everybody ought to know about it. <clears throat> we were just uh, we were talking earlier this morning about um, uh, California retiree has set the record. What's the... Uh What's his pension? Four nineteen, I think. $419,000 a year for the rest of his life uh, for not working. That's a good deal if you can get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to drop an S-bomb. I doubt I would Go ahead, it, do it. I doubt it would turn it down, although I would worry for my city or state or country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There are plenty of cities and counties that are already upside down paying more for retirees than current employees, and it's just going to get worse and worse. But, you know, I, I've, I've tired. Maybe it's just my attitude today. I'm tired of trying to alert the populace to this stuff, and some of those birds are just going to have to come home to roost. I feel bad for the kids. I honestly do. Because, and listen, you want a little bipartisanship here? The administration of Donald J. is doing minimal, putting out minimal effort, minimal, to try to reduce deficits and and, um, and the national debt. Um, but we're, we're saddling our kids with enormous levels of debt. And, my God, if the interest payments, 
if the interest rates go from, you know, we'll talk about mortgages because people can relate to that. If they go from 3.85 to what is historically still quite modest, something like six and a half, you will see ginormous increases in taxes, horrific cuts in your services because the cost of our enormous debt will skyrocket. Everybody's going to hate it. Nobody wants to hear about this. And it's fine. You know, like I say, I'm not going to save the world single-handedly, so I guess I'll I'll quit whining at you and, and go back to making jokes about, uh, I don't know, the causes of death in 1632, which included a frighted. One person apparently died of fright in 1632 in London. Wouldn't that be a heart attack? Uh, could have been, yeah. Yeah, heart attack or stroke. But they had no way to look into that back in that day. Yeah. You'd just say, oh, my dad saw something scary and he dropped dead. He had a heart attack, but... 348 people died of bloody flux. Whoa, easy. <laughs> Metal band. Burnt Gross. and scalded. Oh, that's a rough way to go. Yeah, that's a really, really rough way to go. Of course, there were a lot of fires back in the day. Yeah. Speaking of firefighters. Dead in the street and starved. Six people. Cause of death was dead in the street. Uh, this is a classification, found I guess. dead in the street. Yeah, and, okay. and starved. Mm. Well, that's yeah. what it happened, would have happened to you if you were unhomed back in the day. Yeah, and you refused to work. Yep, yep. Smallpox, French pox, they got a pox for everybody. You're looking for a pox? Here at Joe's House of Poxes, we fit you with the pox that best well, matches your lifestyle. That's disgusting. <laughs> so Swine pox. There is a debate tonight. There are two new polls out. Bernie's got giant leads nationally. Nah, it's overrated. You've combined the moderate vote, Jack. It dwarfs Bernie's. Who's going to go at who, though? Is all the attention going to be on the uh, the gazillionaire who's bought all the ads and the uh, and is all shown up in the polls all of a sudden, or is it going to be Bernie, who's way way in first place? He's clearly the front runner by any measure. Yeah, good. Um, um, and what Chris Matthews said about the realities of Bernie Sanders as a candidate, we should play again coming up because it's it's pretty extraordinary from MSNBC. To oh, say yeah. that about the current clear frontrunner. Heck yeah. So that coming up in a bit. But Justin Bieber was on James Corden last night, and he says he does want to fight Tom Cruise. He said he had thrown it out. We, we talked about it like last year sometime. He kind of threw it out jokingly, and it got a little of attention, and then he backed off and said he didn't want to do that. But he mm-hmm. said he's been thinking about it since then, and he's now completely serious that he wants to fight Tom Cruise. Why? Uh, I don't know how it got started. Personal vengeance or just the, the sport of it? Tom Cruise is pushing 60, isn't he? Uh, yeah. My favorite stat, Tom Cruise is older than Wilford Brimley was when he starred in Cocoon. Yeah, that's that's a good one, if you're familiar with that fine flick. Uh, Justin Bieber's 25, Tom Cruise is 57. Now, that's a pretty big advantage to be 25 over 57. Oh, Tom I'd Cruise say... Tom Cruise is a bit of a badass in terms of physical fitness and everything. Although, Justin Bieber appears to be also. Justin Bieber's ripped. I did a foot race with my son last night, for instance. Oh, you did? Yeah. On Echo. Um, I won, but barely. Clearly this year, he turns 10 here pretty soon, clearly in his 10th year, and we're going different directions on the graph. Yes. Every day I get slower, every day he gets faster. Yeah. And in, in this next year, he will he will be able to beat me, which is kind of an interesting thing for a, for a, for a, for a male, I yes. think. Yeah. You now have a, a man in your family that can best you at something physically. Right, right. Well, you're an older dad. Yeah, oh yeah. I, which yeah. is a factor. Yeah. Uh, how tall is the lad at this point? What's the tail of the tape? Mm, he's pretty tall. Yeah? I don't know. Um, uh, uh, a distance event or a sprint? I let him choose how far he wants to run. It oh, was really? a sprint, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. but I barely beat him. I think yeah. you just got to start pivoting to to distance runs. I think I think on a longer track you could you could out sustain him or or throw some ridiculous uh, verbiage that's uh, that a kid can't uh, you know unknot like. What what are we uh, gazelles over here? It's all about strength, son. Strength, and then you pivot away from yeah, speed. I, I can beat him quite easily on strength. Right, exactly. That's what you go with. <laughs> you change strategy. the competition. That's right. It. What Chris Matthews said on the Democrat channel about their current front runner to be the nominee. That next. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. Michael Bloomberg, with $62 billion, can buy every ad he wants, but he can't, in fact, wipe away his record. But as for what Michael Bloomberg did, I... Stop and frisk, that is unconstitutional. And I'll say this, I am on your show right now, Margaret, answering these tough questions. Where is he? He just keeps running a bunch of ads. I don't think that the Democratic nominee ought to be somebody who's got a bunch of non-disclosure agreements for having harassed women. Today we say to Mayor Bloomberg, we are a democracy, not an oligarchy. You're not going to buy this election. Well, are uh, the candidates and the moderators and everybody going to take the bait and treat Bloomberg like he's the front runner, even though Bernie has opened up a 15-point national lead in the polls now? Mm-hmm. And it's clearly the man to take down, which is a question Chris Matthews was asking on MSNBC's, hard, MSNBC's Hardball yesterday. Now, that's the Democrat channel. That's the channel that's all about uh, overlooking the flaws of that party and... And uh, boostering whoever the candidate is. The resistance. And so... Get rid of Trump. He's the new Hitler. Here's one of the stars of their channel taking on the guy that's clearly the frontrunner for their party. Nobody just says the obvious. Bernie, you're full of it. None of this is going to get passed. You're going to be a miserable president, frustrated from the first day, because you're not going to get Medicare for all. You're not going to get free college tuition for public universities. You're not going to get payoffs of all student loans. None of this is going to happen. And you're just going to sit there and stew in it. So... Why don't they bring that up? I do not understand why they don't bring that up. They've got to get out there and say, I disagree with socialism. I believe in the markets. I think he's wrong. I think he'll never get it done. And this country will never go that direction. By the way, we'll lose 49 states. You know, I have two levels of reaction to that. Number one, he's absolutely right. But number two, I mean, on the specifics, but number two, it's crazy. Does this speak to how dumb voters are or something? And I include myself in that. Um, that nobody ever says, that's nice, but that's never going to happen. You can't get that to happen. You'll never get that through the Congress. You'll never get that through the Senate of either party. What are you talking about? Well, nobody people, ever says that. People, or, have, rarely. people have tried to say that, but an Elizabeth Warren type says, what's the point of running for president to think small? I think big, and the crowd cheers wildly. Yay! And you think, well, I guess I'll shut up because yes. the crowd really liked what she said. I just yeah. want to know the one state that Chris Matthews think they would win still. The Bernie would win? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. It's kind of funny. New Hampshire, idiot. <laughs> um, anyway, that's that's a heck of a thing from, uh, yeah, I'd from say, the Democrat channel to say, he'd lose 49 states. What are you talking about? I wonder if little <laughs> Amy Klobuchar is going to go big. Because she got a big boost from from coming out swinging in the last one. Being tough, being a, a Minnesotan. 
Saying the way things actually are. It's too cold up there to screw around with fantasies, all right? <laughs> and Bernie's a socialist. He'll never get elected. He'll lose every state. His schemes are utopian nonsense. You want a real president right here who's got two thumbs and is moderate. This girl, that's what she's got to say. I heard somebody saying it's absolutely true. If anybody but Bernie is the candidate, the election is a referendum on Trump. Can you put up with Trump for people that are bothered by him? Can you put up with Trump? You like the other stuff or you like Trump? It's like all about economy, Trump. Yeah. Or do we go this direction? Right. But if Bernie's the candidate, it's a referendum on Bernie and socialism. Mm-hmm. Can you put up with that being that far out there? Right. And uh, the pundits say, why would you risk that? Make it a referendum on Trump? Uh, yeah, well, the, the pundits are probably right. But as we've seen in election cycle after election cycle, the parties, for whatever reason, and there are a couple of different reasons that are pretty obvious, they can't get it right. They can't get the right person for the time, partly because it's become so democratized. You know, that you got the most enthusiastic 20% of your rabble making the choice for you. Well, they have Chris Matthews on the post-debate coverage tonight, because I want to see that. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I might have to watch MSNBC. Because he got a guy leading by double digits that one of their stars says, this guy would lose the whole country. He's he's telling you things that can never happen. Are you crazy? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. During his research, when he was early in his career, way back in the 60s and 70s, brought the specimens with him when he came to Florida to work at the University of Florida with the intention of using it in additional research. They had forgotten that those specimens were there, but once we presented it to him, they immediately remembered, oh, those are the specimens from the research. I don't know what the policies and laws would have been like 50 years ago or whenever it was, but I can tell you that today that's not something that would be permitted. That's a story about a house that had jars of preserved human tongues under the porch. Uh, how many? This may be the first time this sentence has ever been uttered. Speaking of jars of preserved human tongues, uh, how many? how many tongues do we know? Plenty. How many is enough for you, Jack? You're insatiable. I actually don't know. That's all I've heard of the report. <laughs> One or more. Your plenty. goddamn tongue oh, out of the roof. Hey, Elvis. Watch with the GD bombs. we got to bleep that. That offends people's sensibilities. Uh, so listen to this, would you? An Indiana congressman, Jim Banks, sent California governor... Is this about the tongues under the... Is that story over? No, this is a different story. Okay. That story's over? There's no more detail? I don't have any details. Why did the guy have tongues under his porch? Well, as they explained, he was a researcher back in the day, and he brought them to his home to continue the research, but then died or whatever. just thought he'd keep them under his porch? Well, he couldn't figure out what else to do with them. All right. It's like if you got an old couch you want to get rid of. Nobody wants it. Mm. You don't have a pickup truck to take it to the dump, so you put it out on the street. Gotcha. You got jars full of human tongues. <laughs> what are you going to do? And now for something completely different. Yes. So a uh, Republican congressman uh, from Indiana has sent pretty, pretty uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, a, a, a letter calling for the investigation 
of the CalPERS system, the California Public Employees Retirement System, the largest public pension fund in the nation, and the chief investment officer, one Yu Ben Meng, for his, quote, long and cozy relationship with China. Come on, China. According to the congressman, Meng was actually recruited to the position. Would you like to hear the congressman? Sure, yeah, go ahead. But this is really one of the more incredible stories and examples of China's infiltration into our systems, as you, as you talked about, Tucker. But in this case, we learned that Yu Bin Mang, the chief investment officer of CalPERS, is a graduate of something called the Thousand Talents Program, which, Tucker, is a program that's funded by the Chinese government, controlled by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, that's designed to recruit valuable individuals and place them in highly valuable places, in this case, putting You've been Meng in a place uh, to oversee the largest state pension fund in America where he's steered $3.1 billion to 172 different Chinese companies. Wow, that's incredible. China? Yeah, there are a couple of aspects of this that are especially interesting. I'm familiar with the Thousand Talents program. I, I've read about that, but uh, that's that's really something. You Ben Mang denies that he was recruited through that, but you would. I mean, well, that's, that's one the, of the talents. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing about spying, don't you know? But oh, you're right. I'm a spy. You caught me. Means you're not very good. According to the congressman, we found Chinese newspaper articles that take credit for him being in the position that he's currently in. Now, listen, I'm a fair-minded man. That could be misinformation. But it is a little odd. And consider this. Consider the irony of this. And I'm uh, I'm moving on from whether this guy is a Chinese agent because I just my the. the Information I have is pretty limited on that, you know, question. And why do you have tongues under his porch? Oh, no, that was <laughs> the last guy. Yeah, yeah, no, moved see, on. completely different transition there. Um, so, I mean, obviously that's terrible, but CalPERS, the nation's largest investment fund or, uh, or pension fund, has invested in 172 different Chinese companies, some of which are blacklisted by the U.S. government. We're not allowed to do business with them because they're funding Chinese warships, Chinese naval bases, the surveillance technology that is oppressing and tracking Chinese minorities and dissidents. CalPERS is investing in the very tools of oppression of the Chinese totalitarian state, including aggressive weapon systems that will be used, perhaps, against the United States. But they won't let anybody go on a business trip to Carolina because they don't have the right trans bathrooms. I was just going to say, consider the irony of a state that has now listed 11 United States you're not allowed to travel to, no taxpayer-funded trips, to such horrific, radical, radical American states as... Oh, that's right. This is that one stupid article that didn't list them all. This is so hilarious. This is from the Sacramento Bee. It's talking about Iowa being added as the 11th, and it goes into some detail. Then it ends with other states on the banned travel list included Texas, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Mississippi, and Kentucky. Doesn't finish the list. Because they ran out of room on the internet or something. Why the frig would you leave three or four states off? Charlie Niebuhr Gall, who wrote this article? What the hell? It's inexplicable. Right, I've got all 11. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Alabama, Iowa, oh, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, Oklahoma, 
South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Texas. So the great, enlightened, progressive state of Cal Unicornia won't let you go to North Carolina. Because they're not quite woke enough, but is heavily invested, thanks to this Chinese fellows council, in the very tools of oppression of a totalitarian regime that tortures, kills, and imprisons millions. China is asshole. California is that. God, not the people, obviously, not the the good, hardworking people of California and the reasonable, you know, towns and cities and regions and the the pretty mountains and beaches and the rest of it. But the but the are you kidding me? You're actually investing in the technology that is imprisoning the Uyghurs, but I can't go to Iowa because their bathrooms ain't woke enough. Do you know what the word joke means? (laughs) You're one. You got to lower your ideals of freedom if you want to suck on the warm teat of China. I tell you what, I'm not into outing people as spies who don't have it coming because they, they put you in jail for a very long time for that. But we've got to keep an eye on this thing, this Jim Banks of Indiana, what he's got going about Yu Bang Meng, who's the chief investment officer of CalPERS, and according to Chinese newspapers, is a product of one of their uh, programs to infiltrate the United States as as much as possible. Remember a few years back when uh, somehow they figured it out, nobody knows for certain how, but a bunch of our CIA sources in China got found out, and they executed like 20 of them. Right. Like twenty of our CIA people that we mm-hmm. had in there. Yeah, but, I mean it's a it's a it's a hardcore game we're playing with China. Yeah, can you imagine a state so woke and progressive they've employed a Chinese agent? Again, I don't know that to be true. Uh, we'll have to see where this goes. Donald Trump don't trust China. No, nope. no, we don't. This texture says tongues under the porch. Sounds like the summer I turned fifteen. Mm. There you go. That's probably a little unnecessarily graphic. Probably a charming tale. I get the point. Those were good times, man. Discovering love, passion, heartache. Heart ho, heartache. Oh, the heartache. That's what comes shortly after discovering love. Oh, discovering yeah. heartache. Brutally and repeatedly. Oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, better to have loved than lost, Jack. That's what the bard said. Or who knows what was going on. He may have been a Chinese agent. God, I wish I could tell the whole story of, uh, I don't know if I should or not. I was going to tell them I'm the sure podcast. it's fine. If it, if it, what's your slogan, Michael? If it makes you grin, leave it in. There you go. My uh, my my youngest, um, who has had a number of challenges in his life, which I've talked about on the air, um, uh, a girl called him cute at the park the other day, and he was so happy. Oh boy, it was so freaking cute. It was like it was the cutest thing that's ever happened. Oh my, on the, on the planet Earth. Oh golly, um, that's that's fabulous. Oh. It was absolutely fantastic. And she went off with another boy to the swings, and his heart was broken. She said, you're cute. And then he said, Dad, no girl's ever called me cute before. I don't know what to do. I'm only eight. I'm too young to have a girlfriend. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? He said, I'm only eight. She said she was nine. So later when we got in the car, his brother said, Sam said, she's lying. She's eight. Oh. I actually, I actually pulled Sam aside later, and I said, "Look, don't don't say anything negative about it. He's very excited about this. Don't 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 say anything negative. Don't say anything at all. Don't be fact checking right, love, right? But anyway, yeah. So after that, Henry said to me, he said, 
Okay. Well, I'll have to get to know her for a couple of years, and then I'll break it to her that I know how old she actually is. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's she's probably on uh, Tinder, you know, lying about her age and the rest of it. <laughs> well, they start lying about their age that, that early. Right. <laughs> now, you know what? Look, eight's a little young. Just uh, say, listen, what are you doing Thursday night uh, uh, in uh, 2033? You know? The year 2033, February, let me check my calendar. Yeah, let's get together. Oh, you're free. so darn cute. Ah, that's sweet. Thought I was going to pass out from the cuteness. That's sweet. You know, if you can you imagine, and this might save marriages, because people crave this drug perhaps more than any feeling ever. If you could take a drug that gave you the feeling of falling in love, People would probably become instantaneous junkies and end up dying. Yeah, but do, do, you, do you have it towards somebody, or do you just have the feeling? Interesting question, Jack. I don't know. Because generally it's, you know, focused on someone. Now, in your... And in that your, will cause you to make poor decisions. In your wacky movies, where you get hit by Cuba's arrow, or a spell, or a genie, or whatever, it's like the first person you see, or touch, or kiss, or something, then something crazy happens where you're... Your best friend who you don't feel that way about kisses you after the volleyball and blah, 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 Disney movie. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. Let's say for the, well, I don't know. For the sake of the argument, it's not directed. It's just that rush of feeling. But that would be weird not yeah, to have well, a, yeah. a, I don't a know, target. I don't know what that yeah, would feel like. That, right. That would be strange. Yeah, yeah. Although people with uh, terrible anxiety are frequently afraid just in general. It's uh, it's the greatest feeling that ever happens in your life, but it's it's also got its, its weirdness. It just Well, it, it twists, turns off your brain. It twists the reality of everything. Listen, I might have to, I don't know, drive this truck off a bridge and and and, and set fire to the Empire State Building and uh, and, and, and uh, but uh, she's worth it. Come well, on. That's exactly the reason that every therapist says don't uh, you know, don't go on Facebook looking up your ex-boyfriends and start, you know, messing around there because you start if you head down that road and you get that feeling again, then yeah. you will make crazy decisions. Right, those pathways are burned already. Right. 0 to 60, man. Don't do it. Anyway, love, politics, we have it all here at the Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, and China, <laughs> love, politics, and Chinese spies. And tongues under the porch. Oh, boy. All on one show. Oh, boy. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There's a debate tonight, and I'm assuming most of you won't watch it, uh, and good for you. Um, Maybe you can find some poor suckers who will. It'll bring you the highlights tomorrow. <laughs> right here. But you got a couple of people that have uh, risen to the top that really haven't taken on the full scrutiny of the, the, the press and, the, and their opponents yet. And so some of that's going to come out. For instance, this guy Bloomberg, who used to be the mayor of New York, Three um, terms, even though the law said you, you can only serve two terms. He, he got it overturned. He got the law changed so he could stay for a third term. So while people worry about Trump doing that, Bloomberg has actually done it. Right. Um, and he spent $400 million, and he's now in second place in most of the national polls by having spent that much money without doing hardly any interviews and not showing up on a debate stage. Mm. So he's had complete control of his messaging so far. Well, that's going to end tonight at 5 o'clock West Coast, 8 East, I'm just assuming. Can somebody look that up? 
I should know what time the debate starts because I want to watch. Maybe six. Um, we'll put our best people on it, Jack. But that will end tonight. Tonight he will face pushback to any of his uh, his ads for the first his time. His bull ass. Well, so I could teach anybody to be a farmer. All right. So you had that quote out there yesterday. Uh, the dispatch pointed out, you know, Bloomberg spoke at the 2004 Republican convention on behalf of George W. Bush. That's an ad that somebody's going to run at some point, I suppose. Oh, um, oh, oh! Remember to he put a, Democrats off voting. He for was him. a Republican at that time, right? He was, yeah, he, he was a Democrat, then a Republican, then an Independent. Now he's back to being a Democrat. So he spoke at the Republican convention for Bush. I'm surprised that nobody's run that ad yet. Yeah. Um, huh, I'd forgotten. And this is out today from a Rolling Stone interview in 2014. Uh, uh, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific for the debate. Okay. You're our best people? Uh, I'm, I'm all that's left. Oh, okay. Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, <true> that? <laughs> well, 9 o'clock Eastern? That. Six, well, it's for the people of Nevada, Yeah, I guess. Oh, check your local listings. We'll put our best people on that. You're our best people? <laughs> it was a joke. Well, now I'm getting conflicting reports. 8 o'clock Eastern. Nobody's sure. Seems, Damn Democrats are all slippery. Seems like this would be something one could nail down. Yeah, you would. I'm going to go with 8 o'clock Eastern. We got our best people on it. So the the quote that's going around today from a Rolling Stone interview from Michael Bloomberg in, a couple of years ago is, if you want to have a gun in your home, I think you're pretty stupid. So I went to one of your fact-check websites. says, you don't want to be caught sharing a meme that's untrue. So we drilled down to get the whole quote. And here's the whole quote, which fact-check, which doesn't help a whole lot. Bloomberg compared gun ownership to smoking and said, if you want to have a gun in your house, I think you're pretty stupid, particularly if you have kids. But I guess you have a right to do that. Someday there's going to be a suit against parents who smoke in their houses or have guns in their houses by a kid. It's not that far-fetched. All right. Says a guy with security guards and lives in an armed mansion and the rest of it. But I guarantee you he goes Please. everywhere with a bodyguard. Yeah. So you get to have a gun, but I don't is the uh, the way that generally works. You know, yeah. there are some sorts of elitism that I, I think are, are great. I'm with Jordan Peterson. I think hierarchies, the pursuit of excellence is great, and we should go back to admiring that and striving for that in this country as opposed to uh, striving for victimhood. On the other hand, some of the elites who would take your right to self-protection away just make me sick. They travel around with their secret service or their private bodyguards. They live behind walled compounds and and lecturing you on how you are. Just call the cops when, you know, when seconds count, the cops are minutes away, as the old saying So goes. you don't have a gun in your home where there is zero chance of an intruder ever showing up. It would be impossible. Right. They'd have to get into your gated community, then probably some other form of barrier, then into your home that's got probably armed people of some sort and warning systems and everything else. state-of-the-art security, at the very least. But you think, when I don't have all that, I shouldn't have a gun. I'm stupid. In spite of the Second Amendment, right. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Mikey. See, that's the problem. Little Mike, don't With stand on a Mike. box tonight. Little mini Mike, I'm not going to make fun of the man's stature. He, he had no say in that. It's all um, about height where I come you're from. You're a brute. You're a brute. Uh, on the other hand, his smugness is uh, just really tough to take. I'm telling you, he spent $400 million to be toward the top of the polls for a few weeks. Oh, you think he's going to? That's, that's my... Even though I've said twenty times I'm out of the prediction business, that's my prediction. So you think when the uh, now that he's in the barrel and the the, the fire starts coming in, he's going to go down as fast as he went up? 
I think so, yeah. They're just... So that leaves Bernie. Although, that, that leaves Bernie. That ignores the Trump experience. There are plenty of legit reasons Trump never should have gotten the nom- nomination. He's just he's a strange guy to be a presidential nominee. Different. Um, quirky. A little tough to take at times. So I could be wrong, but... Um, Bernie just, uh, I'm sorry, not Bernie, uh, Bloomberg on policy is just awful to me. And and the funny thing is, he's awful to liberals in a lot of ways, and he's awful to conservatives. Yeah, he's, got he's s- awful to the heartland. Yeah, he's got something for everyone to hate. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But he spent a tremendous amount of money on a very carefully crafted message. I look at his commercials, and I think, wow, that's as good as I have seen. That's really good messaging. Skillfully done technically. I would hope. The writing is terrific. The you imagery. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't surprise me that it's gotten a fair number of people's attention because we, it's easy for people like us and like y'all to forget. The vast majority of people don't pay attention at all. Hell no. They wander into the voting booth if they show up at all with half a notion of who these people are and they <laughs> cast their votes. Uh, it's easy to, to be too hip for the room. There we must, try not to be. Like, there must be an election coming up in my town soon because there's there's the yard signs all over the place. Yep. And I think, how do those work? But they must. People wouldn't still be doing them if they didn't work. Do people go in and vote and just say, I've seen an awful lot of that guy's signs, so I guess I'll vote for that. Because they don't have a message on them at all. It's just the name. I ought to run it's for office. It's only a name on a sign. Just to see what it's like. And just have a bunch of your signs oh, out there. Although your I name think on. I'd have to give up the show. Would you? Yeah. Emol- emolument clause or something? I don't know. Why would you have just, to give up the show? Because it's unfair or untoward or un-American. <laughs> I don't know. I just heard I'd have to. That's what I hear on the street. <laughs>